Thanks for checking out this weekly Sunday message from Carrollton UMC. We pray that God will use this to speak to you and help you grow in faith. We invite you to join us this Sunday at our 10.30 a.m. one-hour service in person at our location in Uptown New Orleans or live online on our YouTube channel or Facebook page. To learn more about Carrollton, please visit carrolltonumc.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It is Matthew 22, verses 34 through 39. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The word of God for us, the people of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you in all ways, for you are our rock and our ever-present Redeemer. Amen. There are a lot of lines from the 2009 movie, I Love You, Man, that we cannot repeat here in church. But there is the famous dialogue where the, the line, I love you, man, comes in, and it's at the wedding, and Peter says to Sidney, I love you, man. And Sidney says, I love you too, bud. I love you, dude. I love you, bro, Montana. I love you, Holmes. I love you, muchacha. I love you, Tycho Brohe. Does anyone know who that's refer- what that's a reference to, Tycho Brohe? It's not Tycho Brohe. They use that against his bro. It was Tycho Brahe, who was a 16th century Danish astronomer. Don't you love it? You get a history lesson, a science lesson, and pop culture lesson all in one sermon. Thank you very much. Of course, this whole movie potentially overlooks that in 1995, a beverage company had an entire I Love You Man campaign. Most of it being expressed by somebody trying to kiss up, trying to get the beverage from the other person by saying, I love you, man, and the other person wasn't buying it. Johnny Cash will tell you, love, it's a burning thing. That's pretty good. (laughs) We also know that love is a many-splendored thing. Sung by whom? Who knows who sang that? The, The band most famous for that. Does anyone know? The Four Aces, 1955. Lee, you were but a child. (laughs) More recently, the band Foreigner told us, I want to know what love is. At least they were being honest. When the Pharisees were trying to set a trap for Jesus, they asked this question, Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus responded with statements on love, and the first one is famous. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. What did Jesus mean when he said you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind? Well, in the original Greek, heart, cardia with a K, but like cardio, 
means the core of a person's being. It's the center of all physical and spiritual life for the person. Then the soul refers to what we would call emotion, and the mind refers to intellectual vigor and determination. Therefore, our love for God should be intelligent and feeling and willing. God wants all three of those. And that's a pretty rigorous detail. Now, some people we know love God with all their minds, but not so much with their souls. They believe certain things to be true, but they're emotionally disengaged with God. Or they, others who love God with all their souls, they're very emotionally connected. They say, I'm very spiritual, but they don't fill their minds with the word of God. Jesus tells us to love God with every fiber of our beings. We love God with our intellectual ability, with our emotional passion, and with our strength. Essentially, we are to love God with everything we have. Loving God with everything we have is essential to determining who we are to become as Christians. Now, there's a significant problem in the modern-day Christian church. It's this. I think we do more doing than we do thinking. We want to jump ahead to the question of what are we supposed to do, skipping right over the more crucial matter of who are we supposed to become. We put the cart before the horse. I want you to think back to a few weeks ago when we were discussing Romans 12, and Paul says this, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. And then he says, then be transformed by the renewing of your mind when you will be able to test and approve what God's will is for you. The first part of that scripture reveals the path of consecration, your dedication to God. You're offering up your body as a sacrifice. That's the horse. And the second verse reveals what you are to do. Renew your mind to find God's will for you. That's the cart. In that same chapter of Romans, chapter 12, verse 9, Paul also speaks about love. Paul uses the word in the Greek that we read as agape in verse 9 when he says this, love must be sincere. The translation of agape is real love. Real as in not faint, not feigned, love like the love of Jesus Christ. Everything else in that chapter 12 of Romans or in the whole letter to the Romans or frankly in the New Testament and the whole Bible, frankly, everything else is a commentary on that concept of real love. Once we truly live into the real love described in Scripture, the type of love that Jesus talks about and the type of love that Paul talks about, the rest of what Scripture tells us to do should come out of us unstoppable like a flowing river, bringing life to dead places. Real love. Real love is not the opposite of no love. It is the opposite of fake love. Fake love is a way of saying, in other words, self-interested or self-serving love. It's not really love at all, but a manipulation or an attempted manipulation of someone else, whether you're trying to manipulate other people or in some instances trying to manipulate God. Jesus says we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. It's an affirmative action for us. We are to affirmatively and proactively treat our neighbors as we would like to be treated. Fake love 
looks like it practices that principle, but it doesn't. It, in reality, in its heart, it practices the exact opposite. You are to treat me as I would treat you. You should be sensitive to my needs because I would be sensitive to you. The Bible doesn't teach us that we're to be nice to people so they will or should be nice to us. The Bible teaches us to be loving when others are nice to us or not. Fake love is exposed when it gets annoyed that you aren't being nice to me. When you aren't keeping me happy, especially since I would be nice to you. Fake love does things for its own benefit, coming across as generous so that others are obligated by it to respond to it and not to be rude to it. Fake love comes across as nice, so you can't judge it, even while it attempts to manipulate your emotions. Fake love keeps people happy, so they will have to value me, hopefully favor me, especially over other people. Fake love is a component part of a competition for favoritism. But true love, agape love, doesn't do things for its own advantage. It does what it does for the advantage of others. True love doesn't do things for status. True love doesn't do things to be valued. True love doesn't expect or require others to treat it as I would treat them. True love reacts to situations the way that Jesus did. True love treats others as I would like to be treated, irrespective of how the others are treating me. Although I will say this, true love maintains the right to defend itself against mistreatment. And that's when true love sometimes becomes tough love. True love doesn't get caught up into the sense of my rights, as true love already knows that my rights come from God. The prime concern of true love is honoring the will of God. True love is not arrogant. True love never comes from, I think I'm better than you, or that you will not make me feel like I am less than you. True love does not blame, but accepts responsibility. And as an aside, the only way you can possibly repent of a sin is if you accept responsibility. Fake love, on the other hand, dabbles in the disdain of being made to feel inferior and wanting to feel superior based upon a desperate need to be valued, to be at least as equal to others, if not better than everyone else. True love channels the love of God, which is ultimately and primarily in what the Lord wants and not defending my own rights. Fake love has many faces, but a common alias is sacrifice. The Bible says, if I give all my possessions to the poor and I surrender my body to be burned, but I don't have love, it profits me nothing. It is important to understand that we can sacrifice, but not truly love. We are not to measure the depth of our spirituality by a list of disciplines and hardships that we undergo as though those sacrifices gain us some favor with God. Friends, if only we could grasp how much God the Father passionately loves us and courageously live into the life like Isaiah describes in Isaiah 54 when he says, no weapon forged against you will prevail 
and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Real love is the unconquerable weapon that the enemy has no answer for. Whenever we roll out real love, we will prevail in the name of the Lord. It is time for the hollowed out, numb, passive Christianity to be replaced, to give way to a heartfelt, risk-filled, impassioned, real love for God and for people. And church, we are just the folks to do it because God tells us in no uncertain terms, including by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. God tells us in no uncertain terms, I love you, man. Let us pray. God, help us to be discerning disciples of Jesus Christ. To be fully engaged, heart, mind, and soul in the pursuit of your wisdom through your scriptures, through prayer, through interaction with others, through the fellowship of this church, Lord, so that we can have an outpouring of real love from this congregation. Not a love that seeks to keep some status quo or to protect some interest we have here, Lord, but that is to simply and purely assist those around us, to bring them closer to you, to bring them comfort, to bring them joy, to bring them happiness, to bring them life, to bring them Jesus. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord and Savior. Amen.